Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we are back for this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, where we'll be talking about the gospel for July 26th, uh, proper 12th. In ordinary time, everybody. Um, this week it is your turn. I want to know where did you see God this week? Yeah, I have a good one. Um, there was so you know we've talked before about uh, sacred ground, the curriculum um, that fosters discussions about race and racial reconciliation, uh, kind of through a faith lens but it's not entirely not all the resources are from like faith leaders or from a specifically religious perspective it's a really cool curriculum if anybody is interested we'd love to share any information uh with you about it but um we i we started doing it at good sam uh 43 people did it at good sam uh that which which made up five different dialogue groups and so the way it works is like groups of somewhere between like five and 10 people gather every three weeks and they move through these 10 sessions and each session focuses on just a different aspect of race in America. On the last, the last group did session 10 on July 6th. And so we just had our last kind of like plenary session conversation as a whole church uh, during the forum hour after uh, worship on Sunday and in that, that conversation was kind of like, now we've learned these things, we've had these conversations, we've started to, to get in touch with the realities of what's going on and the depth to which we are complicit in those things. What now? Like, what do we do now? And so there were a yeah. number of different options. And Janine, the rector of Good Sam, is like the head of the advocacy committee for the diocese, and she's connected to all these kind of advocacy initiatives and in San Diego, she knows a lot about what's going on. And one thing that is available is there's an org- organization in San Diego called the San Diego Organizing Project, and they work with a lot of uh, faith communities around community organizing and advocacy and you know specific issues and fighting for ju- for justice in San Diego. And what they they offer a organizer a community organizer training to churches, and all you have to do is have at least like a group of five people that are interested in doing it and they'll come do it for you. Awesome. And they'll come train you. And so Janine was like, you know, who would like to do it? And like there were 30 people on the call and probably 20 people wanted to do it. Holy cow. And, and that was just like an initial question without like opening it up to all the people in the church that might be interested. And so just like that to me was this moment of seeing like, this actually feels like people will tell you they they it has made a difference to them like it has moved the needle for them and i saw that on like a community a congregational level that like maybe a year ago we might have not gotten five people just not because they didn't have it in them or they didn't love liber liberation or they didn't care about injustice but like we were disconnected from the realities and right. and disconnected from from what it, our job is to do in that work 
and now that is not true anymore like it was amazing to see people's hands go up and just so that was just i mean it's just like it's the the this huge consolation of feeling god moving and having yeah. and being able to witness how god has moved you know in individual people in liberating us you know and and being liberators hopefully so like i don't think that's like oh a bunch of like people raised their hand and so everything's better now but it's definitely movement like something is right. something has changed so yeah i love it so i love it too god love was too. there yeah god's yeah. everywhere Amen. So, um, we would love to hear from you on a similar topic. Just wondering uh, what you, where you are feeling God moving in your life. We would love to hear what's making you uncomfortable or joyful or feeling called to some sort of specific work. Um, we would love to hear any of and all of that. We'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection about this gospel or any of the gospels we talk about. You can send us those. Uh, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can also contact us through our website. Where you can also f- always find all the Faith2Go resources each week, myfaith2go.org. You can also uh, follow us on and contact us through Instagram at faith2go. So we are going to get into this week's gospel, Proper 12, for July 26th. Oh, and it's going to be good, you guys. I can't even wait. Yeah, we're uh, we're gonna do it a little differently because you'll see why. But um, Jesus is actually just like boom, 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 knocking down parables in this week's gospel. And so instead of doing three points, we're actually just gonna go one parable at a time, and we'll explain a little. We'll explain more about why we're gonna do that after Charlotte reads it. Uh, so Charlotte's going to read the gospel, and then we'll frame it with a little bit of context, and then we'll just move through these parables. So the gospel is Matthew 13, 31 to 33, and then 44 to 52. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls on finding one pearl of great value. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. All right. So this is so awesome. Um, So we've been talking about parables the last couple weeks because two weeks ago, 
we started with Jesus kicked kicked off this chapter 13 block of parables with the parable of the sower. We talked about that. That was two weeks ago. And then the parable of the weeds among the wheat. And now we've got this these parables. Now, th- here's the thing is that these are not from different sections of the gospel. These are all from chapter 13. So if you open your Bible right now, go to chapter 13. It's just this huge block of parables. And we've talked about parables a lot before. There's, they're a huge part of Jesus's teaching method. Um, in Matthew, Jesus uses Jesus, Jesus does three main things in Matthew. Jesus teaches, he preaches, and he heals. So we've got a huge chunk of teaching back in Matthew chapter 5. That's the Sermon on the Mount, right? And there's not a whole bunch of parables in that one. That's a kind of a different pedagogy that Jesus is using. But these parables are the way, like he says, that he kind of reveals the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So there is something that Jesus cannot just teach straightforwardly about the kingdom of heaven, that there isn't just words to clearly describe it. So he's teaching with these stories, with these parables. And so that is the important thing to remember then is that no one parable fully contains all of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. No one parable is the parable of the kingdom of heaven. They all have to kind of be taken together. And so they're all we can think of it more like each one is revealing a characteristic or a, a unique reality of the kingdom of heaven. So we've heard a couple of those already, the sower, the weeds and the wheat. And so today we get all this string of them. So what we thought we would do is go through these five. We'll take a couple minutes uh, to just pull out the, the aspect of the kingdom of heaven that we think Jesus is trying to communicate about. And then... That'll be it. So instead of three points, you're going to get kind of five points, five small points, one for each of these parables. Okay. So uh, I know Charlotte loves the parable of the mustard seed. So do you want to start us off sure. with the parable of the mustard seed? I do. And I think part of what I love about this parable is I connect it to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I vividly remember on my 12th birthday, Um, that I got a necklace that had a little mustard seed in it. And I think that people who are of a certain age that I shall not name probably may have received it as well. And the glass that contained the mustard seed um, was slightly magnified so that you could see it because mustard seeds really and truly are tiny. Mm -hmm. And I wore that necklace all the time as a reminder to myself that you only needed a little bit of faith Mm -hmm. to do great big things, right? Well, it wasn't until I was an adult that I really understood the fact that there is no mustard tree. There, there is no mustard tree, right? Like that we, what we hear in this is Jesus expounding perhaps, but mustard grows into a bush, a very prolific bush, perhaps even a weed. Um, and so what you get with your tiny bit of faith, when you gamble on that tiny bit of faith, when you water it, when you nurture it, is this prolific expansion of faith and ability to do God's work in the world. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about that in connection, connecting it right back to the necklace, is that magnification, right? That it, it's how it grows, that it's, it's just by looking at it under this different light that you see that tiny bit of faith, it's so much bigger than what you ever considered it to be. The thing that I, the, the, the like aspect of the kingdom from this to me that was striking me today was like, I've been, we've been growing things from seed in our backyard, right? And so like, we had, we just got some cucumbers today that are these huge, I mean, you know, they're not a big mustard plant like Jesus is talking about, but like, 
I it's it is absolutely mind blowing to me that I put this little tiny seed in the ground, and now it I don't know where where does it come from? Where does it get the stuff? <laughs> you know, like it's Bait. just it's just right. It's just like dirt, the nutrients that are in the soil, water, and sunlight, and how somehow that creates these huge vines, these giant leaves, yeah. like. It make it seems like it makes it from absolutely nothing. Yeah. I know that that's not true. I know that there's a real science behind it, but it is still mind blowing. Whatever it yeah. is, that something can grow out of this tiny, tiny little thing, and just and where does it come from? You know, and right. so that's like the to me the mystery of it is like you this huge thing. God is working to grow all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, whether we are trying, whether we're, and all we're doing is maybe watering it. Like all I do is spray water on the thing, you know, right. maybe I put fertilizer on it, but like, I'm not making it grow. I can't make it grow. So there's some, something kind of about letting go about that, but, and yet doing some work, you know, there's work to be done and there is some sort of like non-attachment to the outcomes of it. Um, but right. that you, but ultimately we get to, we get to taste the fruit of, of what is grown. You know? Right. Yeah. So I think. All right. That, so yeah, parable of the of the yeast. It says that the woman not just took it and mixed it with three measures, but the Greek says that she took it and hid it in three measures of flour. So it was like, it's it's subversive, and you go in there and you try to remove the yeast from that flour. Right. It's not possible. You know, like the only way you're gonna get you're gonna kill the yeast is to bake the bread. Um. Mm-hmm. But like you're, you can't unleaven the bread once it's been leavened. You know, like it, there is a persistence to the kingdom of heaven that like the justice, like, like Martin Luther King said, the, the moral arc of the universe is long and it bends towards justice. It's like there is some, though in this moment it feels overwhelming and painful, the injustices of the world, that there is something, there is this leaven, this unstoppable force that is hidden that is small that is slow but that is you cannot stop the justice of the kingdom of heaven in some way you know right right well and i love the fact that in this because as you said it can also be read that she hid it in the three measures of flour Mm -hmm. is that subversive good Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm going to take this yeast and I'm going to hide it in these three measures of flour, knowing that there's no way to get it out and knowing that it's going to do all of this work and all of this bread is going to be leavened. And I think about like the way, obviously many of us in quarantine have taken up bread baking. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, you know that you have to proof the be- the bread, you have to punch it down. Like there's this whole process that goes through it, like that makes the yeast incorporate with everything and makes bread bread. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't happen without the yeast or the sour starter, which, you know, yeah. so like the fact that she knew that the most important thing in this parable that we have is that the kingdom of heaven is that this yeast is in this flower, uh-huh. that the most important thing was there. Yeah. Okay. And that takes us to number three, treasure hidden in a field. Mm. So now we have this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his great joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So this was a little more complicated for me, if I'm honest, David, because mm-hmm. I'm like, 
wait a minute, you just found the kingdom of heaven in a field and you're going to go and hide it from everybody else so you can buy it for yourself. <laughs> Let's talk about this because <laughs> that is not the way I think this story is supposed mm. to go. Um, but I think that it's the piece that is the way it's supposed to go is finding something that is of such tremendous value to you that it brings you such incredible joy that you have to make it happen, right? Like you have to go and sell everything that you have in order to go and buy that field. And maybe the reason why he hid it is because that wasn't going to be instantaneous for him. Maybe the the piece of it was that he needed the time to gather all of his belongings and go and sell them so that he could go back and, and buy this field, mm-hmm. right? And so instead of my immediate shaming and slapping of the hand of why did you do it this way, maybe it was that willingness to work for the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Willingness to do whatever it takes, including up to and beyond selling everything you own in order to have this great treasure, this treasure that is buried in the ground. Yeah, and then and the thing that struck me about this is like, you know, why why if you find the treasure hidden in the field, just take the treasure. Just <laughs> just go. Just leave. Just take you it. You can't feel it. You have it. That's and that's the thing is like there's no shortcuts to the kingdom of heaven. You know, there's no stealing it away. Yeah. That it you don't get to and you also don't get to like be partially bought into it. You know, you're you're either all in or you're not in at all. Not that you don't get to be in the kingdom of heaven, but you're you're either bought into its reality. You're either bought into doing the work of the kingdom of heaven. There's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no part time working for the kingdom of heaven. You know, mm-hmm. like, and you can work for the kingdom of heaven in a whole lot of different ways. It doesn't have to look the same, but like, you don't get to go in and steal it. It requires everything of you. You don't right. get to have it both ways, and so you can't have all the you can't have all the comforts and the trappings that come with, especially of people in power and justice, and say that you're working for the kingdom of heaven. It requires everything, and so that kind of brings us to the the next one, which is very similar. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is a this is a merchant whose job it is to continuously look for and buy and sell pearls. And yet there is this one that causes him to stop doing that. Like like his livelihood has been the, the, the continual searching for and, and finding of these fine pearls. But he finds one and then he sells everything and buys that one. That It's similar to the last one, but it's like this will, when, once, once the kingdom kind of takes hold of you, once you like see the realities of what, what is possible, that there is like, that there is liberation for everybody in the kingdom of heaven. This doesn't become just another thing to add to the list of things that we're doing. This kind of becomes the goal of everything. Um, and so it is the, it's the merchant that like finally finds the one thing and then invests everything in that one thing. And that's the only pearl that he ever needs again. You know, it's not like finding pearls and selling them. It's not just, it's not just going through the motions of the pearls. It's like there's this one and this is it. Right. This is all that I can do anymore. Right. Well, and I think that for me, I think that that's the piece of it that I so resonate with is the is the 
quest for this pearl of great price because you can see a lot of beautiful pearls a lot of different places. You can see um, there can be freshwater pearls, there can be saltwater pearls, there can be man-made pearls. Like there are all sorts of things that can go along with this, right? And there's ways to tell what is a real pearl and, and what is not. And I mean, one of the ways is that you can rub a pearl on your mm -hmm. teeth um, and you can feel the granularness mm -hmm. of it. Um, and so I think about all of those things and getting to the truth and the real meaning of what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven and realizing that it's not about all of these fake impressions and ways that it may seem that we're living into the kingdom, but it's the reality of what is the kingdom mm -hmm. that really matters. And so that the quest must go on, must go on until you find the pearl of great price and that you are truly able to, to be part of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, so the, the last the last part, um, well, the last parable is uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which caught fish of every kind. And when it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. And then, you know, angels separating the evil and the good, the righteous, throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yes, the weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Always. You got to throw that in there. Matthew's got mm -hmm. the no, I think that part of what stands out for me in this one is that you throw the net into the sea and it catches fish of every kind. And I think that that's the part that I really want to think about um, because it doesn't say that it catches good fish and bad fish, right? Um, it says it catches fish of every kind. And so that to me speaks to the diversity of heaven um, and, the, and the inclusivity and how there is room for all of us there and that our call in becoming kingdom people is to view the kingdom of heaven that same way that there's every single kind of fish is caught mm. um and that what matters is how, what kind of fish we are on mm. the inside right like that comes later in this this little section about the parable but that it doesn't say the fish that look like charlotte are all in the kingdom of heaven mm. it says that every single kind of fish is caught up in this net mm. and the thing that i take from this parable is a similar it's a similar feeling from the lat from when we talked about the weeds and the wheat because there was a similar ending to that one and talking about kind of the thing things being separated at the end of the age and i i like i hope my my desire for this parable is that it is talking about kind of individual individuals and their kind of transitions from one from one stage of life to another and that when we when we be, when we take all these parables together and we get to the place of selling the treasure selling everything and buying the field and and buying that final that pearl of great value um and and investing everything we have into seeking first the kingdom then all of those things in our lives are gathered up and are sep in some way it's just like the weeds and the wheat like they're separated out um, that at some we ha that at some point there really is a reckoning with god of what has been righteous and unrighteous um or maybe many reckonings and not that there's good parts and bad parts but that as we if we're growing and we are and we actually are seeking first this kingdom of heaven this justice and liberation and equality then we'll we'll be able to look back and see the things that were not helpful in moving towards that goal and keep the things that have been and the thing is that i'm in, i'm interested in the fact that those things that have not been are thrown into a furnace because a furnace seems to have a very 
a function of of providing warmth and energy. So it's like even those things that have not been helpful in the seeking of the kingdom are not just kind of like thrown away, not thrown into hell or shale. There's a lot of words for where they could be thrown, but it's thrown into the furnace of fire and that that fire can be the fuel that fuels us to to seek the kingdom in a new way, in a new way in this new age. Okay, so that was our marathon of parables. Yeah, it was fun, though. I had a good time, like, bouncing through them and and talking about all of it. Um, And I love the fact, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it in, because there's just this one line that kind of hangs on afterwards that we don't get anywhere Mm -hmm. else. Um, And it says, when Jesus had finished these parables, he left the place. Um, Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's the closing of the podcast today. But (laughs) (laughs) he did. He he laid all of this kingdom conversation out on them and then said, okay, do you understand? And then he moved along. Um, And I think that that's Mm -hmm. something that's important to note, too. Yeah. And they said, yes. Mm -hmm. Have you understood? And they're like, yes. Great. He's like, now that you understand, you're like a scribe. You're like, you you take everything with you. Now that you understand this, take everything with you. So, well, we hope you enjoyed that uh, rapid fire round of parable dissecting. Uh, And remember, you know, these things are, it's not that any one of these parables is the whole kingdom of heaven. It's that each one is, is revealing to us a reality, a dimension of that kingdom. So we take them all together. Jesus gets back to parables uh, in Matthew chapter 18, so four chapters later. Um, but he doesn't tell another one until then. So maybe we'll get some more parables uh, later in the summer and the fall. But we hope you uh, contemplate these parables, uh, think about them, share any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion about them with us. You can email us, faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website www.myfaith2go.org or you can contact us or follow us on instagram at faith to go we will be back next week for the week leading up to sunday august 2nd which is proper 13 and until then we say goodbye bye everybody bye everybody